A wise woman can predict the future because she creates it. Anonymous. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her brilliant health radio, where holistic women's health expert and board certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Kieran. Welcome back. I want to give a shout out to SL Web 2013 who wrote a review and now has her dad listening to the show too. She says, holy cow, five stars. This podcast is seriously life-changing in caps. I stumbled upon Dr. Kieran through a different podcast, and I am so thankful that I did. She has inspired me to learn to love myself again by taking control of my own health and not relying on pills that simply mask symptoms. As a healthcare professional, I appreciate that all of her claims are backed by research, but that everything she speaks about is easy to understand for anyone. I am currently binge listening to the show, and even though it's about her brilliant health, I I've got my dad addicted to it too. Big smiley grin. It's not just for women, but health for all. Thank you so much, SLWeb2013, for your review. You've helped other women needing this information to find and benefit from this knowledge and inspiration too. As a thank you, I'll be sending you a special gift. If you'd like me to send you a special gift too, please write a review, then take a screenshot of it, post it on your social media, and tag me at kierandunstonmd.com so that I know. Shoot me a message to make sure, and I'll personally send you a special something to support you on your health journey. I hope that you are well and taking care of yourself during the current pandemic. Please know that there is no reason for panic or fear and that we will all get through this together. Armed with credible information and sane action, you can protect yourself from getting it and make sure that your body is in the best resilient shape to weather the virus if you should get it. That's where all your power is. Worry is just rehearsing what you don't want and is a virus of the mind. So don't go there. Don't waste your time with that. Just focus on what you can do and do it. Then turn your attention to all the projects you've put on the back burner that you never seem to have time for and get to it. Do the thing. Get her done. Boxes of family photos you need to sort through and send to be digitized. Do it. Sizes of clothes in your closet enough to fit all the Von Trapp children and their parents? <laughs> then get to sorting and donating what no longer fits or fulfills. Dust bunnies multiplying behind your furniture? Spring cleaning might be in order. Everything inside your home is game to be tidied up, sorted, cleaned out, and beautified. Control what you can and let the rest go. Today's guest, Sherry Clark, exemplifies that beautifully. As a midlife courage coach, she helps people to discern what they are really wanting in the second half of life and courageously move towards it. 
For many of us, the second half of life is not supposed to look like the first half. You know if I'm talking to you because you have an inkling, a feeling inside that this is your truth. Maybe you haven't admitted it to yourself yet or to anyone else, but something's brewing inside. Brene Brown says, midlife is when the universe grabs your shoulders and tells you, I'm not effing around. Use the gifts you were given. That this is often the call that comes, an imperative to use of unique gifts in the service of the world, unique gifts that only you have. What this looks like may be different for each of us. Your soul's call is as unique as your fingerprint. Sherry had her own journey of awakening to her greater purpose, and it included switching from advertising to serving women at midlife in finding their greater purpose and self-expression. I, too, have had my own midlife journey of transformation, and I'll share that during the episode. The truth is, I think if you're doing life right, that we all go through a series of transformations, whether they're inner or outer, as we become more of who we were meant to be. I'll be interested to learn what this episode brings up for you, what thoughts, feelings, yearnings, and what actions you'll take in the coming days. Share them with me on Facebook and Instagram at Kieran Dunstan, MD, where the conversation continues. And now I'll tell you a little bit about Sherry. Sherry Clark is a midlife courage coach, TV show host, inspiring speaker, and accomplished author. Sherry has written and presented on topics ranging from finding your passion to overcoming career burnout. She appears in a weekly segment on KCWI Channel 23 called Fork in the Road with Sherry Clark, while maintaining a busy practice coaching clients one-on-one and in groups on creating an authentically fulfilling life. In her personal time, Sherry and her cat Lotus work on their yoga poses. Welcome, Sherry. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Karen. It's great to be here. Yes. And as we were just talking about, this is a great time to talk about forks in the road because the current situation is really going to be a fork in the road for everyone. So we've got lots to talk about that pertains to what's going on with all of us right now. But before we get there, you are a midlife courage coach. What is that and why do you call yourself that? (laughs) Great question. I have been a coach for the last 10 years and I started out being health and nutrition. And I realized in my work with women, and I typically attracted women at midlife, that's just the way that it worked. And so, and a lot of them had to, wanted to deal with things, dealing with their weight and, you know, physical things. And I realized at the end of the day, it wasn't that they didn't know how to eat or that they didn't understand that broccoli was better for them than Doritos. It was that there were other things that were misfitting in their lives that they needed the courage to fix. And that could be things like a marriage that doesn't fit any longer or that is needs to be updated in some way for it to continue to work or a career misfit or a disconnect with kids, whatever it is. I believe that it takes guts to live the second half of your life for you and to address those things so that you can enjoy your life. 
So I'm a midlife courage coach. I love that. And I love what you just said. It takes guts to live the second half of your life for you. It really does. I know it's true for me and so many women I work with also. Yes, we work at uncovering the root causes, but as a part of those root causes, it's not just hormone balance, toxicity, nutrient insufficiency. It's also about the mental, emotional, spiritual connection, which is what you're talking about. And it's talking about giving to yourself, living your authentic life. And did that co- this come from personal experience? Did you have a fork in the road? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I'd love for you to talk about that because I think that when women hear other women's stories, it really helps them when it resonates inside to identify what might be going on with them. I know I didn't have words for what was going on with me when I was kind of in the middle of my health and life crises. And I really was hungry for other women's stories who had been through it to identify and try to figure out what was going on for me. And it really, other women's voices became kind of like this beacon call or this, this breadcrumb trail, like Hansel and Gretel followed, you know, to lead me to what was going on for me, what it was about and what I needed to do. So I'd love it if you could share that. Well, I think like many of us, I've had more than one fork in the road in my life. In my experience, they tend to, well, just in my experience, mine grew, you know, the first one, the first forks in the road might be, you know, what college do I go to? And you're leaving the nest and you're doing all these things. But for me, the big one, the life change, the most recent life changing one, probably not my last, I was 53 years old and I'm 63 now for perspective. And I was the owner of a successful business. I had owned it for 25 years, actually, an advertising agency that I owned with my ex, which sounds crazy, but it's true. We were together the first 14 years of the business. And then we stayed together after the personal relationship dissolved. We stayed together in business for 11 years subsequent to that, which which qualifies me, by the way, for a medal of valor or honor or a straitjacket, because that's a hard thing to do to stay in business with your ex. But in that period of time, I started to feel a growing wave of discontent. And by that, I mean, there was nothing really wrong, air quotes here, wrong with my life. I'm healthy. I had money. The business was successful. You know, I was well regarded but I had a hole in my soul. I had that aching feeling, that empty thing that maybe like people, some people listening might understand you look for something to fill that void. And to me, it's the danger zone for potential addictions. I didn't become addicted to any substance or chemicals or whatever, but I drank too much wine. I admit it. I shopped therapeutically because I could. I did things to try to make the pain go away because I couldn't identify the pain and I didn't know what it was. And it wasn't one thing. It was a litany of things that just, I felt like I was an imposter. I felt like I was faking it. Like everybody thought I had my, pardon my French, shit together. And I knew deep down inside that I didn't. And that's not a fun place to hang out. And especially, what's especially dangerous about it is, it's, there's no reason that you have to get out. If you can keep putting Band-Aids on it, if it doesn't hurt so bad that you got to go get surgery, 
you just keep putting your band-aids. You keep drinking your wine. You keep ordering shit on Amazon, and you know, and then you go through the next day, and you hope that maybe you can that'll keep the wolves at bay, and you can just you can get through. And I came to a crisis point, and this very quickly. The story is: I was in church one day, one Sunday morning, and I looked down at my watch and. I burst into tears and it wasn't because the sermon was so moving or because I was feeling the presence of the Lord. It was because I caught sight of my watch and realized that in 24 hours I had to be back in a business that I hated and I owned it and I felt like I was going back to jail. At that moment, I said to myself, I am living an inauthentic life and I have got to change it because this is going to kill me. I can't keep going like this. I'm going to get sick. I knew, I knew that I saw people get sick and that I knew that that was because of the things in their life that they didn't address. And I said, I've got to do it. And that it was my fork in the road. And it took a whole lot of courage to be able to get out of something that really wasn't technically all that bad, but man, it was. I can so identify with what you just shared, that that kind of feeling of emptiness and wanting to fill it with other things, whether it's wine or therapeutic shopping, I love how you say that, or whatever it is, um, other people, other activities, substances, and then just having this realization that where you are in life is is not where you want to be. And then a lot of us don't want to admit that to ourselves because we don't want to do what we know we're going to have to do (laughs) because it's, it's very challenging. But for me, I was a successful OBGYN. I did have health problems. I fortunately, because I really think that that highlighted the problem because here I'm supposed to know more about women's health than anyone else. And I can get myself healthy. And I noticed all my patients weren't really getting healthy. And then that's when I discovered functional medicine. So for me, the turning point, was discovering a root cause resolution approach to health. And when my health improved, then I really could see the the discrepancy in my life of what wasn't authentic and how the type of medicine, which was drugs and surgery, wasn't working for me and my patients and started practicing functional medicine for them. And so that really was a fork in the road for me that I took. And um, but like you say, there, there are always many forks. So what are some of the issues that women you work with are typically struggling with? You know, they run the gamut and sometimes they come in a little yarn ball <laughs> where they're all intertwined. Probably the biggest one has to do with finding purpose, with the answering the question, what am I doing here? Why did God create me and put me on this planet? And especially for women who are either recent empty nesters or have kind of come to that point where things in their life change. Maybe they've become a widow or divorced or the children all leave or the kids start to have grandchildren and you realize your own mortality. You know, when you look into the eyes of the infant and you think, I hope I'm here to see you get married. So it's those kinds of things. It's, it's realizing that there's more sand in the bottom of the hourglass than there is in the top. And so some women will come and say, you know what, I've lived in this soul sucking job for the last 30 years. And I want my side hustle to be the source of my income. 
or I've been in a, a dead end marriage and I've put up for so many years and I don't care if it does mean a decline in my, you know, my standard of living, I'm willing to do it. Or I want to break the chains in some cases, believe it or not, still of their parents where they have a poor relationship with their family of origin. And even at the age of 50 or 60 years old, are still feel like they're under the thumb of their parents. So it can be any number of things. And it doesn't matter what the thing is. It doesn't matter if it seems so small and inconsequential that you're almost afraid to say it or ashamed. That's like, well, my life is pretty good. It's just this one little thing. It doesn't matter. It's whatever the thing that's making you itch is the thing that we need to scratch. Yes, I would agree with that, that, you know, maybe many decades ago, the goal of marriage and life was to have security and kind of in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it wasn't about necessarily personal fulfillment or self-expression in this lifetime. But now as a society, most of us have kind of accomplished those hierarchy of needs, our material and physical needs are satisfied. And so it becomes more about self-actualization. And people will say, well, my husband doesn't beat me and he's not abusive emotionally. And so I should be happy. But if you're not feeling fulfilled or met on some level, then in today's day and age, that I think that contributes to the, the high divorce rate and also the increase in switching careers every 10 to 20 years is that we are looking for that self-fulfillment and self-actualization. And I, I think it's so important. I just want to highlight, we've kind of touched on this topic for anyone listening, that if you, if you don't address this feeling of discontent and that that's kind of the out in the outer world. If you don't address it on the outer, you will have to address it on the inner and that's your health because these energetic, mental, emotional, spiritual issues that we're talking about are the foundation for your physical health. And so your physical health will have to outpicture and manifest any disturbance that you don't address in your energetic health. And so that little small inkling that something's not right, I need more fulfillment, is actually a call that must be answered evolutionarily for your life, for your physical health to flourish. And if you're if you don't, then you'll usually end up having a physical problem. And I love how you said that you knew you were going to get sick if you didn't do make a change. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, because it starts affecting things like your sleep. You wake up with your jaw clenched or if you're still menstruating, you're skipping periods and it's not because you're menopausal. It's because you're stressed out or whatever. Yeah, it, it takes a toll. Or you just become a bitch. That's the yeah. other thing. I mean, it's you're no fun to be around. And when your friends don't invite you to things, it's because you're cranky and they don't want to hear you whining anymore about your life. And so it's time to do something about it. Hey, have you been feeling anxious about the current climate and new risks to your health? And wondering if your overall level of health is good enough to support you if you were to get sick? You are not alone. Now more than ever, your health has got to be brilliant, support you, and shine. 
It's time to stop procrastinating on getting the evaluation, knowledge, tools, and support that you know you need to address the roots of what's going wrong with your health, keeping you tired, overweight, lacking in stamina, and on prescription medications. That is just not good enough anymore. New threats mean you've got to develop a better defense, and I'm here to help. I personally invite you to schedule a complimentary phone consultation with me wherever you live to discuss your personal health concerns and how a comprehensive holistic root cause approach can help you not only alleviate the current symptoms you're having, but also boost your level of health resilience. It's all about resilience now. You can sign up on my website, kierandunstonmd.com, where there's additional information about supercharging your wellness during this important time in our history. And so if you're listening to the podcast and this is resonating and someone's thinking, yeah, you know, I, I just feel like something's missing, like you described, what steps does someone take to start even evaluating that and figuring out what it is and what to do? How, what do you suggest? Well, the very first step, I think, is an inward look. So that's the good news. You don't have to do anything outward. And what I do is a little guided exercise with some of my clients or with people who are saying, I don't even know what the problem is. How the hell can I fix it? And the guided step, if we have maybe 45 seconds, I can share it with you. And then maybe you're, it's a tool that your audience would have. If, are you cool Oh, I'd that? love that. That would be awesome. Okay. So if everybody would get centered and grounded, maybe putting both of your feet flat on the floor. And if you were sitting with your arms crossed to do that, if you're driving, obviously this isn't going to be, a, you're going to just want to remember and come back to this, but putting both of your feet firmly on the floor and then just gently close your eyes. And then start with a deep breath in through your mouth to cleanse all the way down deep as you can. And then back out a big, it can be a loud exhale out through your mouth. And then we'll do two more breaths. This time we're going to inhale through our nose, hold it for just a second, and then a long, slow release through your mouth. And do that same exact thing. Inhale through the nose, deep down into the belly, lingering for just a second before you release it. And then finally, at the end, push that last bit of any old junk out. And now, with your eyes closed and yourself completely centered, if you would take your right hand and place it over your heart area and let it set for just a second. And now your left hand goes on top of your right. So you're sitting, feet flat, hands over your heart. And you're going to ask yourself silently, asking your heart a question. And the question is, what do you want? What do you really, truly want? And sit for a second. For most of us, the answer will come relatively quickly. For others, it takes a moment. Don't be surprised if it brings tears to your eyes. For me, most of the time that I do it, even now it does. But that's a signal from your heart that there's something there. There's a message there. And maybe you hear it loud and clear. 
and maybe the voice has been quiet for so long, it feels like a frog in the throat, like when you wake up in the morning and it's a little creaky. So if that's the case, then come back and do it again. And that's the very first step to connection. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful, really turning within and being quiet and listening and asking. Self-inquiry is so important. And a lot of times we're so focused on the outside that many of us don't even listen inside. And I always recommend meditation because it has proven health benefits. And I have so many patients who are these hard driving women who say, I can't do it. I can't shut my mind off. I can't sit still. And what that is a sign of to me is just how disconnected we are from ourselves. And I really see this current pandemic I call it a spiritual timeout where we're having to be in kind of isolation and, and social distancing is really a great time to turn within. And I almost think that that's what's being called on for us. What are your thoughts about what's going on currently with the virus situation? Oh, 100%, Kieran. It's so true. This is a painful time, undeniably. We're in fear about our health. We're in fear about our financial security. There's a lot of fear. But I think that in some cases, in some ways, it almost had to happen that our society, our system, or whatever has gotten to the point where, like our bodies, like our mind, like like all of us, like this conversation that we've been having, you know something's wrong, but we're not going to fix it until it's so broken that we've got to fix it. And that's kind of what's happening here is that this is so we've got to address this. Our healthcare system needs some attention. Our economy needs attention. We need attention. We have stopped it. When I was coaching women with nutrition and health, you know, I would ask the working moms who still might have kids at home, what night of the week do you have dinner together? And they didn't. There wasn't a night. There was, kids had too many activities and there was too much of this and we just go out or we order out or we, we fend for yourself. The family unit is disintegrated. I have a sense, I have a hope, I have a wish that we return to some of the things that we had when I was growing up as a child. I think that you're a little bit younger than I am, but we ate dinner at home. You know, we, we were connected. We called our friends. I didn't text my friend to tell her that I was getting out of my business or that another friend would text me to tell me she's having a divorce. Those things are not something we should be texting. That needs a phone call. That needs a in-person, that needs a hug. I always am looking at what is the deeper meaning of illness, whether it's a thyroid illness or menopause or an autoimmune disease, what's the deeper meaning on a mental, emotional, spiritual level. And so with this crisis, I've really been asking that and listening to people whom I trust about their views. And I think what's really being highlighted is the extreme way that we are connected when everyone has been feeling so disconnected and we have been behaving in a disconnected manner, like you're describing just not really being with each other at meals or talk communing on the phone. We post on social media, which is so impersonal and text people information, like you said, that really would be better shared in a more intimate setting and not honoring the deepness of our connection. And so I almost feel like 
part of the viral message is you are one, you are connected, start behaving like it. Exactly. And not just we humans, but our relationship with animals and with the planet and with the ecology, every bit of it. Yeah. I mean, especially since it's my understanding that this may ha- virus may have originated in a bat and some of the other coronaviruses, actually, there was a case where a dog was infected by its owner, not this current coronavirus, a different one. A dog was infected. And so I think that also highlights, yes, we all are one. And so I'm not sure what exactly needs to change and how it needs to change. You know, I'm not an architect. My daughter and I were having this conversation yesterday about, you know, what are all the challenges that we face with our healthcare system and the other industries that have been highlighted to really have problems because of this pandemic and what's the solution. And we didn't come to any conclusions. So, but I think it's important to start having a conversation about that. It's not only that we're individually feeling unfulfilled and unactualized and having forks in our roads, but this is going to be, this is a big old giant fork for everybody as to how we're going to move forward. And it's forking, getting our attention. (laughs) Yes, right. Getting our attention. And so how does someone, we talked about some of the areas they might be having problems in, in, but I know the biggest issue for me and for lots of women I work with is having the courage to change, the courage to do something different because people are always looking at the risk, the downside, and not necessarily the upside. So how did you find the courage and how would you recommend that someone listening who knows that a change needs to be made finds courage? I gave everyone a first step and the first step being going within. That's when you, and you can always come back to your heart. That tool is yours forevermore to always use. And and I hope that you will. The second step for me is when we say something out loud to ourselves. that's the beginning part. And just like if if anyone listening is familiar with the 12-step kind of philosophy, you begin by acknowledging that there's an issue that needs to be addressed. The next step is to acknowledge that to someone else that you trust. And so in some worlds, that might be your best friend or it could be someone else. In my case, because I'm a midlife courage coach, I would urge people to, to go to someone who's got experience in guiding you to that kind of a thing. And I, I don't want it to be self-serving. So if it's not me, then someone who is masterful at this type of work that can hold you in a place of safety and a place of high regard that, uh, that can understand what it is that you're going through, that's walked through the fire themselves before and that will then help you craft what the next the scenario looks like. How do you make motions toward the action that it takes to get to where it is that you want to go? So identifying being the first step and then taking that second step with someone holding your hand. And th- essentially, that's how I view my role. I am a cheerleader, the coach. I'm the person with the whistle in their mouth saying, <laughs> I need one more push up. But I'm also the person with the big warm hug that says, you did great. Stop beating up on yourself. So finding someone that can fill all those roles is goes a long way. Because even those of us 
I consider myself to be a lone ranger in some ways, you know, a lone wolf. I'm single. I live by myself. I have for a long time. So it's really easy to think, well, I'm independent. I can, I'm a bootstrapper. I'm a DIYer. I can do this myself. It's a, so much easier if you can do it in tandem with someone else that you can go to. And when you're feeling weak, you can collapse. And when you're feeling strong and you want to celebrate, you've got somebody there going, you go girl. Someone that will tell you, you got spinach on your teeth. Like, yeah, that's a great idea, but I've heard you say this before. When are you going to do something about it? Yeah, and in, in my experience, it takes a village of people in all different areas of life to support you in really, I call it kind of growing up at midlife to be the person maybe you were ultimately meant to be. But one thing that really helped me, I just want to share is that I came to believe and know that that little voice inside saying, you know what, I know you've been a teacher your whole life, but you really want to do floral arranging or whatever it is, is my soul calling me to what I'm meant to do. And I no longer dismiss it as just a fantasy or a pipe dream. And so I've come to trust that voice that when it's telling me or giving me an inkling or intuition that I would like to do something, that that is my soul talking to me. Whereas previously I had dismissed it and looked at the world to see what I should want or should have. And I should be happy being an OBGYN and delivering babies and this is this should be fulfilling I really started trusting that inner voice is that something that you help people to trust yes absolutely and and it's reflected in my story like we were talking about I had a successful business I was making six figures I was flying first class everywhere and going over you know internationally I'd written three books my friends even said to me and this is I think an important point for listeners My friends, when I confided in them, some of them would actually say to me, honey, you're 53. You know, what if you just hang on, wait until what, what, how old do you have to be to retire? You know, just a couple more years and then just go out and then, you know, do whatever. And and I, I kept thinking to myself, my life isn't in several years when I can retire. My life is now. There's no guarantees. What if I, what if on my time clock, there's only four years left and I got to wait five to retire. How does that look? So I think the, the thing while we're surrounding ourselves with the village to remember that sometimes the village has a vested interest in you staying the way that you're at, that you are sometimes, and it's not that they're selfish and it's not, they might not even see it. But so when, to your point, Kieran, when you said, you know, you need to listen to your soul's calling, that sometimes means putting your hands over your ears to other people's words. And when they say, honey, I want your life. I want your problems. You got nothing to bitch about. That's not their call. Yeah, I love that you point that out. And it, and it isn't that your, your tribe is not well-meaning, but... I know that a lot of people urged me to, but you only have to do such and such and get to retirement. But I see too many women every single day who come to me with terrible health problems that are unresolved and they waited to retirement and didn't do what they knew they should have done in terms of living their lives. And now they have irreversible health problems. You know, I just did wonderful podcast interviews with Manisha Thacker of Money Zen and 
And we talked about that, you know, how many people spend their time to gain wealth and they disregard their health only to find at retirement that there's some things that no amount of wealth will reverse. It's really a health imperative as well as a life fulfillment imperative, in my opinion, to honor that still small voice, that inner knowing, that drive for self-actualization and expression in this lifetime. Any other words you want to share with everyone, Sherry? Yeah, I think what I would say is if anything that we're talking about resonates with you, have the courage to take a first step. And the first step might be revisiting that exercise again, the one that might have brought tears to your eyes or doing it a second time just to make sure that it's that you heard it all. Do something. It might mean looking up something online. If you're looking at you want to start your side hustle and make it a business, look online and see what kind of SBA loans there are. It might mean scheduling some time with someone else who's done something that you admire and just having a conversation and saying, tell me how you did it. Do something. Action begets action. A body in motion will tend to stay in motion. So do one small thing today. I love that. Yes. Every journey of a thousand steps begins with the first one or a thousand miles begins with the first one. And you have lots of resources and programs that you offer to support women. Do you want to go ahead and share that and let people know how they can find out more? And I know you have a free gift to offer as well. Absolutely. So my web address is short, but you might want to write it down. It's www.fork like fork in the road, F-O-R-K hyphen road, R-O-A-D.com. That's my website. I answer all my own emails. And so you could send an email to me, info at fork-road.com. The services that I offer, I coach one-on-one. I do some private coaching and I also do group programs. So some of my group programs are short. There's a four-week one coming up um, where we talk about regrets and how they hold you back and how to get rid of those. I do a year-long program called Road to New You. So lots of different things. I also have some shorter term things and some stuff you can do online. If you're curious about any more of it, just reach out to me. So lots of different ways to be in touch, but most of it would start with a conversation. And then tell everybody about the wild cards that you have. (laughs) So my gift to you today is something that I devised. We started a conversation with you earlier in this conversation with Kieran, where you looked into your heart and listened to what it had to say. I'm going to take you a step further and the wild cards are conversation starters with you. So if you're a journaler, you could view them as journal prompts. If you're not into journaling, it could be a real live conversation starter with a friend. It could be that you would pull a card and ask each other a question and answer it. And then the other person answers it or however you want to do it. But they're prompts. They're ways to get you to think a little deeper. I love that. And I am definitely going to get them. I love oracle cards, discussion cards, meaningful questions. Anything that helps me to know myself and others better is a wonderful tool. And thank you, Sherry, so much for joining me today. I think that you offer such a needed service, Midlife Courage Coach. We all need one. 
really is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think when you turn 40, you should be assigned. Right. Guide. Like a homeroom teacher. <laughs> like a homeroom teacher, right, at age 40. So thank you so much for joining me. Everybody check out Sherry's website. Definitely look at her wild cards and reach out to her if you heard a little voice when she did the meditation and it gave you a message or there's something you know that you have been ignoring and pushing down that you need to do, a change you need to make then maybe take the first step and maybe reach out to Sherry. You can tell she's wonderful to speak to, has a great countenance, and she's been through it as well. So thank you so much for joining me, Sherry. I hope everybody listening has a wonderful rest of your day and look forward to your feedback in the comments section or on my social media. Thank you, Karen. Thanks again for having me and thank you listeners for your grace. I hope to get a chance to talk with you one-on-one. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.